This program contains grown-up themes and language that the FCC doesn't like. Use your common sense. You're listening to Beautiful Red, a novel by M. Darusha Wayne. Find out more at darusha.ca slash beautifulred. It looks bad, Jack. There's enough evidence to convict you of a couple of major crimes, and sweet fuck-all to prove your allegation against the Red. But just don't, Jack. I tested my theory. I'm sending a log of some correspondence one of my aliases had with a couple of law enforcement branches. I'm going to have to abandon that identity now, since it has zero credibility left. I was laughed out of town, and you will be too. Only you'll be laughed right into court. I mean it, Jack. You have to drop this. For Christ's sakes, Adrian, how can I just let them get away with it? You don't have a choice. It's not all impossible, though. I wrote a quick script that's scouring the nets for all copies of root access out there and corrupting them into useless lines of crap. It'll take a while, and it won't help anyone who's already got it. But it's a start. Jack? You there? So you do believe me. I told you I did. Okay. I'm going to go and figure out what to do. Thanks, eh? I'm sorry, Jack. I wish it weren't like this. I know. I'll talk to you later. Jack terminated the connection and refocused on the physical space. Her cheeks were wet, and the tightness in her throat was gone. She sat nearly stock still for a minute or an hour. She didn't know and didn't care. Eventually, she got up, drank some water, and opened up the log file Adrian had sent. Adrian obviously only described the evidence Jack had collected, omitting any reference to illegal actions. The responses ranged from kind explanations that Adrian had fallen victim to a clever hoax, to open mockery, to admonitions for wasting their time. Not a single person or agency had taken the claim seriously. Adrian was right. There was nothing Jack could do, except wait for Adrian's script to destroy all the copies on the nets. Jack opened a beer and drank half of it in one gulp. She gagged as her physical memory associated Lars with the taste of ale. She threw the bottle to the floor and felt the stinging in her eyes again. This time she didn't fight it. When there were no tears left, she logged onto the nets and ran a search for a very particular program. It took her nearly two hours, but eventually she found it. She spent another hour configuring the program, checking and double-checking the code, and making sure that she really wanted to make this decision. When she was sure, she prepared a message for Adrian, sent it, then went offline and ran the program. Adrian, I know you were right, and I can't pursue this anymore. But I can't live with knowing what is happening to people either. That's why I've decided to take the only action that seems possible. By the time you read this, it'll be done. I think you won't approve, but I'm sure you will understand and honor my decision. I've taken a memory eraser. With the exception of my logs from work, the last 13 days will be permanently removed from my memory and replaced with copies of 13 random other days. Please don't try to help me recover the real memories or talk about the events of the past two weeks. From what I've read, all that can ever be recovered is a vague sense of the events. The details will be lost forever. As a final note, Someone should know that among the many crimes it seems I committed, there was one that has gone unnoticed. 
Before I left Lara's directory on the red system, I left a little script. When he logged in, the script sent a copy of root access to his personal system. I don't know how long he has, but he won't be writing any more mind control programs. Of all the things I want to forget, this is the one that made my decision clearer. I'm sorry I dragged you into this, and if this charade is too much for you, it's okay if you stop talking to me. I'd say I'll understand, but that's the problem. I won't. Thank you for everything. Jack. Jack walked into the security room and down the narrow corridor to the cubicle she shared with the night guy, Jill. He was packing up as she arrived, and she said, Good morning, as she traded his jacket for hers on the coat hook. He mumbled a greeting, and Jack noticed that he looked different. You're getting upgraded, she said, looking at his naked face. It used to be full of a half dozen or so stylishly placed metal implants, and now it was strangely empty. There was maybe a hint of scar tissue where the studs used to be. Yeah, he said, seeming distracted. Have a good one, Jack, he said as he walked out of the cubicle. Jack sat in the chair that they shared, and felt it automatically conform to her settings. A little lower, a little straighter, and a whole lot softer. She took a sip of her coffee and started paging through Jill's reports. The clock on the lower right-hand corner of her display read 1558 UTC. Zero one zero zero zero. Oh God, it's happened again. Just as I was leaving work, I could feel it coming on. I could hardly even say hi to Jack. I guess it wasn't the implants. There's nothing left except the ones I can't remove. The identity chip in my hand and the one in my brain. It's not the one in my hand. I can tell that by now. It's in my head. Like some horrible worm twisting in the tissue feeding off my brains. It came from the network and it's in me now. There's no way to remove it. No doctor would touch this. The implant is irreversible. There's nothing left to do. All I can do is wait. But for what? You've been listening to Beautiful Red by M. Darusha Wayne. Find out more at d-a-r-u-s-h-a dot c-a slash beautifulred or subscribe for free at patiobooks.com. The theme music is low-level format by Bjorn Fogelberg. Learn more about Bjorn's music at fogelberg.com and you can buy the album Karushi Porn at magnatune.com. If you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. Leave a comment on the website. Send email to darusha at darusha.ca. Leave a comment on the Podiobooks site. Or call the listener line at 206-984-2976. Thanks for listening.